0: From Relay FM, this is Connected, and this is episode number 65. Today's show is kindly brought to you by Braintree, Casper, and Igloo. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, Mr. Hackett. Hello, Mike. How are you? I am very well, very well indeed. We have a special episode today, as I mentioned, and we have the man of the hour here, Mr. Federico Vettici. Hello, guys. How are you doing, Federico?
1: You sound very professional. I do? I'm glad. Uh, I got a, I got a fancy new equipment. I'm almost, you know, a professional podcaster.
0: Well, you know, you're professional in all manners. You're, your your <laughs> iPad has been upgraded to professional, your microphone's been upgraded yeah. to professional. We're ready to go. It's a, it's the pro week. It is indeed. So we're issuing <laughs> our usual format today because today's episode is all about the iPad Pro, um, mm-hmm. which Federico has had for about a week now, and he's probably uh-huh. loving it. <laughs> That's a joke, right? Um,
1: yeah, eight, eight days. Eight that's, days. That's uh, how long I've been playing with this device. Yeah.
0: So did you steal this? Like, how did this come into your possession?
1: Well, basically, you just need to break into the Apple Europe offices <laughs> right, and okay. know where to look, and <laughs> you just go home and you get an iPad Pro. No, um, that's not really the story. I So remember last week, we met in London, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why I was in London is that I was picking up an iPad Pro. And, really? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I <had> no idea. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, really? Uh, yeah, I was in London last week, and I I flew back uh, home on the same day. In fact, Mike, you took me to the airport. I did. Uh, uh We we were on a train. It was a really professional train. I was actually surprised by the by the cleanliness of the train in London. We don't get those kinds of training in Rome.
0: I imagine now that I was kind of like your bodyguard, right? Protecting yes, the iPad.
1: Exactly. You were protecting me for from possible London thieves. Yep. Uh, basically, you know, they were trying to get my iPad. Um I, I flew back on the on the same night. I couldn't use the iPad Pro on the plane, but as soon as I got home, uh my 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 girlfriend and i prepared a nice dinner uh, and then i started playing with the ipad and i started set up you know all my apps all my accounts it was a clean installation of ios 9.1 mm-hmm. so it comes with ios 9.1 it's a special build for the ipad pro and i basically spent the first night just trying to set up all my apps and you know, logging into web services, installing Dropbox and 1Password, because that's what you do as soon as you set up a new iOS device. And I think I basically uh, stood awake until 5 or 6 a.m. Because right. I, I was really excited to, you know, kind of play around, uh, trying to get some work done. Because my one of my initial concerns uh, was... I should be, if I want to write about this, I should be able to use it first, you know? It's not like I'm just reviewing this device as it is. Uh, If this needs to be my main computer, I need to spend the first couple of days, and maybe more, and like the entire week, trying to work on it. So it was like... A, a dual process of trying to write the review and trying to use the device as my main and only computer, just like I I used to to do on the iPad Air 2. So it, initially I struggled, and I, and I think I told you guys this. I struggled to balance, you know, I I need to review this, but I also need to use this as I would normally do. Uh, but eventually it was all it was all okay, and and the review was done in time, and 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 we got here. Uh, to this point, today, where, you know, all the reviews are, com- are are coming out. So, it's a nice day, Mike.
0: It is indeed. So, you, you've been using it solely as your device for the last eight days.
1: Yes, exclusively as my, just like the iPad Air 2, I, I removed the SIM, the SIM card from the, my iPad Air 2. I got a, um, a 128 gig model of the uh-huh. iPad Pro, Wi-Fi and cellular. So, I put in my SIM card, and as soon as my SIM card moves from one device to the other, the other device becomes my primary one. Yep. That's like the, you know, the, the sign that that's recognizes. The <laughs> that's the mark. It's it's my main device, the one with the SIM card. Yeah, it's
2: always it's always interesting when you review something of you know that line of, uh, you know, I need to review this thing and like get my workflow set up, but I also need to keep working and do my job, yes. right? So if you're reviewing something really different than what you normally do, um, that can be that can be challenging. So I, I commend your your approach to this and i think that it's a good one as someone who you get your job done on an ipad you run a successful website you do all these things from your tablet the only way you could review something and and really understand it is to do your business on it to to fully dive in so i i I like the way that you went about testing this and i think that it shows in the review that you know you're not on your ipad air 2 doing mac stories and picking up (laughs) the ipad pro every couple hours to like Check something, you know, but yeah, um, yeah. you do have all the way in, and I think that you know, that's that's I think why you have one, why you're able to do this review that you have that perspective that a lot of people uh, don't have because it is your primary computer, uh, which of course we're going get, to get into, but um, yeah,
1: I, I like the way you went about this. Oh, thank you, and I mean, you can get even more inception style. Uh, I mean, the review itself needed to be done on an iPad Pro because the review was also working for me, you know? It's, mm-hmm. it, that's right. work. So I needed to do my regular tasks on the iPad Pro. I also needed to write the review, but the review itself needed to be done on an iPad Pro. So it was all, you know, it was all a cycle. <laughs> in a
0: weird way, like, the most perfect task for this device is its own review.
1: Is a review in <laughs> itself, <laughs> yes. Ooh, how interesting yeah. is that? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> See?
0: <laughs> all right, let's start talking about the hardware itself. So we're going to break this down into a few different topics, so like hardware, software, and accessories, which is kind of like the way that you broke down your reviews as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk about the weight of the device. Now, my memory tells me that the iPad Pro is the same weight as the original iPad. And it's funny because, you know, you think about the original iPad, that was perfectly fine weight-wise, but as they've gotten lighter and lighter over the years, the thought yeah. of going back to a previous model was like death. So when I heard about this, my imagination was, well, it's going to be too heavy. So mm-hmm. tell me what you think about that, Federica.
1: So it's heavier uh, than the iPad Air 2, but the big difference is it's also much bigger. Uh, you got 6.5 centimeters and uh, from, from one side in terms of gain, and you got five centimeters on the other side. So it's much bigger. And the difference when you when you put the two the, the two of them uh, side by side or maybe on top of the other, as I have in one of my pictures, uh, you really can see the difference. It's a much bigger screen. So my first reaction when I, when I first saw an iPad pro on, on, on a table uh, was that it looked like a like a MacBook display. Uh, without the body, just the screen, and when I picked it up, so in my mind, for some reason, my 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 muscle memory, uh, kind of adjusted to believing that as soon as I was gonna pick it up, it would be as heavy as a MacBook Air. So when you pick one up, uh, it's strange because you you it, it is heavier, of course, but it's also much lighter than you would expect from a device that size. Um, and it's uh, the thing that gets me every time is that it, it's really well balanced. So there's no, uh, you know, there's no way to tell top the top from the bottom in terms of weight. It just it's it's this huge screen, and it's very well balanced. It's got the same unibody construction of the iPad Air 2, so it's really the uh, the finish and and the weight. It really feels good in the hand, and there's no particular moment when I was like this is too heavy for what it does and the weight distribution I think they they've done a really good job there so of course when you it, it's strange because when you remember the first iPad and you know it was thick and it was a, a 10-inch device and in your mind you go I don't want to go back to a device you know that that that's so heavy but you also got to remember that, it, that it's a basically a 13-inch device the iPad Pro and it's just slightly thicker than the iPad Air 2, and I couldn't tell the difference, really, in daily usage in terms of uh, the thickness increase. So it's heavier. And when you pick up an iPad Pro and an iPad Air 2, you know, uh, one hand with the Pro, one the other hand with the, with the Air 2, you can tell the difference. But it's also not too heavy for the kind of screen that it has. And I got a big disclaimer about this in my review. This really comes down to the size of your hands, how comfortable you are with holding a 12.9-inch device, uh, what exactly you aim to do with the iPad. Are you okay with holding your iPad with two hands for just a couple of minutes? Or do you want to run a marathon holding your, your your iPad? I don't know why you <laughs> w- want to do that, but it really depends on your kind of physical usage, like your physical interaction between your hands and the iPad. Because this thing is heavier, but it's for me, uh, it's not too heavy. So... Did you
0: feel like fatigued after holding it for a while? Like, say, you're reading in bed. Did you feel the weight of it then, or because the the funny thing about it was, it's not too heavy. It's bigger in in every way, right? So it is kind of it. I would assume maybe more cumbersome to deal with.
1: It's not as portable as an iPad or two and an iPad Air, or, or an iPad Mini in the sense that my hand can go all the way from one side of the screen to the other. So I can pick up an iPad mini just with a single hand, with my mm-hmm. thumb and, and another finger on the other side. I cannot do that on the, on the iPad Pro.
0: So it's not as easy to maneuver, basically. Like You can't just like very quickly pick it up from the table.
1: No, you can do that. Uh, depending on if you pick it up from a corner, you can do that. I do right. that all the time. So when I'm in the kitchen and I leave the iPad Pro on the kitchen table, I just grab it if I want to check something. So that's totally doable. What's different is... Uh, if you were to compare holding the iPad Pro and the iPad Air 2 uh, just on your wrists um, for, I don't know, 10 minutes, uh, maybe by the end you would feel more fatigue on the iPad Pro because it's heavier. And so what I think I've done is I have naturally adjusted to kind of either using my lap or using my elbows as a kind of resting area when I'm holding the iPad Pro and so but when I'm walking around the house you know I I need to walk often and I need to stretch and I do this like five minute walks I go on the balcony I just keep walking just to stretch myself for for a little while and when I when I'm walking with the iPad Pro in both hands I don't feel any fatigue so maybe for really prolonged periods of time like for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, just holding the iPad Pro with two hands, of course you would feel fatigue, you know, because it's heavier than the iPad Air 2. But for just a couple of minutes, you know, when you're just picking up an iPad, uh, just checking something, Twitter, I don't know, I think you'll be fine. Or you're cooking in the kitchen and you need to look up a recipe, I think you'll be fine there. You know, one
2: thing too that I think is important to, to consider with the weight, you know, comparing it to the original iPad... Which you guys will remember, I bought one during our iPad special, <laughs> yes, um, or for our iPad special, and I actually got it uh, off the shelf this weekend to you know just kind of get reacquainted with the weight. And uh, that original iPad had a curved back, you know, where it, if you sat it on a table, it would rock. the The edges were thinner uh, than the back, kind of like the iPhone 3G and 3GS had a similar effect. And I think that's important too that the this iPad, like uh, all of Apple's modern tablets, is completely flat on the back so you sit it down it doesn't wobble it doesn't move and I think that helps too with that model of uh, how thick does it feel and how heavy does it feel where you know the 3G and 3GS if you pick one up it feels heavier and thicker than it actually is because you have that that curve there Um, I think that I would imagine works in favor for the iPad Pro that um, because it's the same thickness throughout you know your your fingers and your mind don't get tricked into thinking that it's thicker or heavier than it actually is.
1: In my mind, at least, I remember the iPad 3, actually, of being heavier for some reason. Uh, and, and I know that maybe we rewrite our own memories when it comes to uh, what an old device feels like. Uh, but I really didn't have much of a problem with the iPad Pro. And um could be that I'm just so used to taking these short breaks uh, that holding the device for... Uh, you know, I'm not holding the iPad Pro for, or, or even the iPad Air 2 for that matter, for an hour, you know, just walking around for an hour, and and in that case, I mean, of course I would feel fatigue on my wrists, uh, because for several minutes at a time, um, it can become a problem, but if, uh, on the other hand, if you need to walk for an hour, and w- while doing so, you want to check a screen, maybe the iPhone is the best device for the job there, so... In my routine, in my in my daily habits, uh, this has not been a problem. And which I, I was really happy to, to see because uh, it was one of my biggest concerns uh, moving from the Apple to, to the Apple Pro. So, um, yeah, I'm happy here.
0: I think one of the important things to remember, I know we're really kind of belaboring the point about the weight, but I think it is kind of important when you look at the, the overall hardware of this thing. But I guess one of the interesting things to remember is that This is the furthest away from a consumption device that the iPad has ever been. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But a lot of the things that we're talking about, like, you know, how does it feel when you do this for a certain period of time? It's like consumption stuff like reading and things like that. Where maybe this iPad was built more to be put on the desk than any other iPad before it. So maybe like the, the the idea of holding it for long periods of time in your hands is maybe not so much of a problem.
1: Exactly, and even when you when you see the kind of accessories that Apple has made, so there's a there's a keyboard, there's a there's a, a pencil, so it's meant to be used primarily at a desk. Yeah, that doesn't mean that you cannot hold the device and walk around or take the device out of the or out of the smart keyboard and sit on the couch and get work done because I totally do that, but. For a lot of people, this is going to be the device they're going to use at their desks, Uh, either drawing, sketching, typing, reading email. Uh, But again, it's not a mutually exclusive type of thing here. Uh, You can use it there, you can pick it up, you can walk around with it for a few minutes, you can put it in a bag and go out and get work done at a park because it's got a SIM card. So it's more skewed towards desk usage but it doesn't mean it's impossible to use it as a portable iPad because I've done that. Uh, I, I've taken it with me, you know, uh, at the mall. Uh, don't worry, Apple, no one saw the iPad. Um, uh, I gotta, I gotta make sure that I say this, uh, <laughs> I, I take it, I've taken it with me, uh, in the car while I was waiting for my girlfriend. I worked from my car. I, I took it to my therapist who also didn't see the iPad pro. Um, so yeah, it's a, it makes more sense than the iPad Air 2 and the iPad Mini, of course, at a desk, but it's also still an iPad in terms of portability. That's my, my takeaway.
0: All right, there's still tons of stuff that we need to talk about in regards to the hardware, but let's take our first break now and thank Braintree for helping sponsor this episode. Code for easy online If you're a mobile app developer, you should check out Braintree. They are the payment solution used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, Munchery, and many, many more of the apps that so many people use every single day. They are rock solid. Braintree has made the payment experience in these apps seamless and magical. And now you can add a similar experience to your own app. With excellent customer service and simple integrations, Braintree gets you ready to receive payments quickly. Braintree's continuous support... Plus their fast payouts mean you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth dollar. Braintree is also helping solve the problem of mobile card abandonment by offering a best in class mobile checkout experience. And they make the payment experiences in some of your favorite apps, as we say, completely seamless and magical. And you can now add a similar experience to your own app as well. Braintree gives you a full stack payment solution. They have support for all payment types that your customers might want like PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, cards and more and more all the time and they have a single integration to add all of these different types of payment solutions to your application. It's with you and your customers across all platforms and they have superior fraud protection, fantastic customer service and the fast payouts that you need to make sure that your business has the money that it needs to grow. To learn more and for your first $50,000 in transactions fee free. Go to braintreepayments.com/connected. Thank you so much to BrainTree for their support of this show and Relay FM. So, one of the most interesting parts here which is is really weird. So like, you know, when I think about this device Federico and, and after reading the review that you've written, there is this real kind of struggle and battle between the consumption part and the professional working part of this device. And one of the consumption areas where the iPad Pro is better than any iPad before it is the speaker system. Can you explain a little bit
1: about what's going on here? Okay, so it's got four speakers, uh, two at the top, two at the bottom. And what the iPad does, um, it can automatically detect whether you're using the device in landscape mode and portrait mode, of course. And all speakers can produce the same frequencies. But depending on the orientation, only the bottom ones produce bass frequencies and the topmost ones handle the mids and highs. So the result is a a very well-balanced sound. It's much warmer and richer than the R2. And the best part is when you rotate your iPad, it detects rotation, so it switches to you know to the, the, what the speakers do according to your physical orientation of the device so no matter you know landscape or portrait mode sound kind of always follows you around and adjusts automatically depending on the device and they're really loud and cool. n- not in a bad way uh it sounds great it's very it's a very warm sound and it's much richer than the iPad Air 2 it, it, it has all these layers of sound that you normally don't hear on the mini or or on the iPad Air or on the iPhone for that matter and I really like how it sounds and I've been listening to music to Apple music to podcasts in overcast um It maybe doesn't get quite as loud as some external speakers, of course. It's still a tablet, uh, but it's much louder than the Air 2. And I've been using it to listen to music uh, at the the highest volume. And you can hear songs just fine from another room. And in fact, my, my girlfriend... Uh, she was impressed because when I was listening to music um, in the kitchen, she could hear songs just fine in the bathroom, which is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like uh, four to five meters away. There's a there's a hall and then there's another room. Um, it, it also makes for nice background music when there's like a family dinner or you got some friends over Uh it's a really good companion there to make sure that you got some tunes in the background, you know. Um, so I'm really, really happy here. Again, uh, didn't expect this. I was so used to the to the speakers of the Epitre 2. I wasn't expecting it to sound this good. In fact, it sounds even better than the speakers on my MacBook Air, which I realized, of course it does, because my MacBook Air is it's a, it's a four-year-old device. So, you know, I guess speaker technology got better in the meantime. Sure. Um, th- they sound great. So believe me, you gotta go... I don't know if you could uh, get a demo of this at an Apple store, if it's a crowded place, Uh, but they really sound great.
0: So one of the interesting things about the 6 Plus when it was released was that even though the screen was bigger, because the physical body of the phone was bigger, Apple were able to, to shove more battery inside the case. Is this the same for the iPad Pro? Do we have a larger battery here, or is it just powering the retina display, which is, you know, looking pretty incredible.
1: Of course, it's got, it got to power the retina display, and, and there's a more powerful CPU, GPU, and 4 gigs of RAM. So you got to provide more energy there. But Apple says that you get 10 hours of battery life and in in average usage. So you can surf the web, watch a couple of videos, play games, read books. In my practical tests... And here i gotta I gotta have another disclaimer. I like to turn off auto brightness on my devices and I keep it just about fifty percent. Uh, so I got I could very easily get over eleven hours of wow. you know battery mm-hmm. life, and the device would turn off just when it was approaching uh, twelve hours of usage. so eleven and a half hours. Uh, I might have taken a few breaks here and there when the iPad was not working so it was locked and the screen was off. so I can say that I comfortably got to 11 hours of usage um on you know because I spent days basically I didn't get any... You know, food to eat. I was just at my desk working. <laughs> I was, my girlfriend was very understanding over the past week. It, it, it was a very nice surprise. And, and it's not the first time, you know, that Apple does this, that they promise 10 hours and you get 11. I remember this has been the case for previous iPads before. Um, So 10 hours is a good metric to give you an average of usage, which is impressive when you consider, you know, the new display, more RAM, more power, new speakers, uh, but they like to do this. There's this 10-hour threshold that's been holding true for the past five years. I wonder if eventually we'll get more, uh, but today we still get those 10 hours and maybe a little more, even though Apple doesn't like to say so.
2: It's interesting to hear, and I think the 6 Plus is a good parallel, when you put these bigger displays into devices, there is a bigger powered off the battery you've powered off the gpu that has to drive it. this thing comes with the a9x processor which just seems like a like a beast but you know th- i think the screen and the way they got to 12.9 inches is really interesting so if you uh if you go back and, and watch the introduction they, they have an ipad air and basically the height of the air is the width of the the ipad pro and then they basically came to 12.9 inches to make it four by three um it's still two hundred and sixty-four pixels per inch, according to Apple's website, which is the same as the Air Two, and then of course both of those are less than Mini because the Mini is is higher because they're using the same resolution as the Air Two, but in a smaller package. Um, how how is that screen in, in real life? Does it compared to an Air Two does it look a little less sharp? Because on, on paper it it may, but it shouldn't by much. I mean, how is it? How does it look? How the colors? Does it seem like an improvement over the Air Two, or is it kind of the same thing
1: but bigger? So I asked about this. Uh, It's got the same color reproduction of the Air Two and the Mini Four, and to me, it looks exactly the same in terms of sharpness, color, uh, brightness of the display. It's what's impressive is the feeling of looking at a portable retina display. So it's not a technical observation. It's just a personal feeling of mine. When I look at the display, it looks fantastic because it's so big and it shows two apps at the same time. Text is crisp, legible. Um, it looks exactly to me like an iPad 2 display. It's only more impressive because it's bigger. But the color, the sharpness, the retina quality, that's the same.
0: The crazy thing to me is the uh, the resolution of this thing is yeah. bigger than the MacBook.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Five point six million pixels should be more than a MacBook, I think. Yeah.
0: The uh, MacBook is two twenty six pixels per inch at twenty three or four by fourteen forty. <laughs> yeah. Like that's madness to me. Like, you know, like I don't know how they make the decisions that they make. And I'm not saying it's a bad or good decision, but it's just really crazy to me that there is, you know, this iPad which is better than this like future laptop it's it is kind mm-hmm. of magical in it's own yeah. way
1: and what's even crazier is because of this crazy les- resolution when you uh, activate multitasking and split view and you move to the 50 50 split view layout um, you basically get two ipad or two portrait apps at the same time they're only slightly maybe like a couple of hundred pixels of difference between the two resolutions but it's basically like using two iPads vertically at the same time which is crazy and the effect when you activate split view it it gets you by surprise because it's really like using two regular sized apps at the same time and you get the controls where you expect them to be you get tabs at the top in Safari so it's really a nice effect um and again to me it's crazy that this thing has this kind of resolution and when I'm going when I go back to my MacBook Air to 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 record podcasts on on Skype I look at the screen and I see those big chunky pixels and I'm like oh my god what am I using um yeah (laughs) it looks really nice
2: there's a line in your in your review um uh, you say a week after i started using the ipad pro i picked up my old ipad air 2 and it felt like an ipad mini yes um that's frightening to me as someone who who uses an air 2 and who, who really likes it that if i get one of these things that i'm going to be
1: ruined um
2: but what does an ipad mini feel like now Did have you have you tried a mini since having
1: this no, not yet. I want to go to the Apple Store and pick up an iPad mini to see what my reaction is going to be. I'm probably going to think it's a yeah. very big iPhone. Uh because I needed to confirm with myself. I think I was go- I thought I was going crazy. Is this an iPad Air 2? I asked my girlfriend. She was like, "Are you kidding me?" Uh it, it really does feel tiny, you know? And not just multitasking, but just apps like full full screen apps. It feels so tiny when you get used to so these big toolbars these white sidebars on the iPad Pro you start using iOS on a on an iPad Air 2 and it feels exactly like I felt when I moved from from the iPad mini to the Air 2 it feels just impossibly small and not in a good way. Uh, it like the keyboard is smaller, apps are like <laughs> all closer together when you do split view. The icons on the home screen, and we can talk about this. It's just very closely grouped together. So it, it I think this will be a common reaction for people who, who move from from an Air two to the Pro. Uh, you you give it a few days. You pick up the iPad Air two. You're gonna feel like, how uh-huh. did I use this for a year? <laughs>
0: You can just hear the groans like, no, because this is yeah. like what it was like when we all got the plus, right? Like you get mm-hmm. when you. there are just yes. so many advantages to having a larger screen. Like, so I just got a uh, Retina iMac. Yes. And if I ever use my MacBook now, I feel constrained because the screen is smaller. Yes. Right. Like whenever you, yes. it was the thing, whenever you increase the real estate of the machine that you're using, the yes.
1: benefits of that become intrinsically important to the way that you work. I totally believe, I'm starting to believe that we as humans have a natural tendency for liking big screens. No one almost no one likes a small screen. Like if you had to choose, would you look at text, would you look at a webpage, would you look at a at a photo on a small screen voluntarily? Unless you have some very important yeah. physical constraints and from that point of view, we can talk about accessibility, and that's totally fair. But for, you know, if you had the choice, you know, choosing between a small screen and a big screen, of course you're going to pick the big screen, because it, it 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 shows you more, it shows you better photos, it shows you more text, it's easier to look at for the eyes, so it... it Again, the effect is really like moving from the mini to the 2 or from the iPhone 5s to the iPhone 6 and maybe to the 6 plus. You go back and you say, was I even getting work done on this thing? But was it possible? <laughs> what was I thinking? And that you know that's natural progress in terms of these devices. You, as the screens get bigger, it's it's a balance, right? You got to say, am I still able to use this? And if I am, do I see the benefits in a bigger screen? if you do then you go back and you say yeah uh, this is too small you know I, I cannot get anything done here
2: clearly a lot of upside there from a a work perspective but i think there are a lot of people who are not going to use their ipad at their desk they're, they're going to use it on the couch they're going to be mm-hmm. you know hanging out watching netflix um how how does that bigger screen in those scenarios you know if you're if you're reading in bed uh an air 2 can feel um somewhat big at times um uh, did you experience any of that? Is, is there any weirdness there as far as using it sort of in a more relaxed position?
1: Hmm. So did I, did you see the photo that I sent you last night? Uh, I did. The one watching a vid- the same video. Yeah. It's uh, like on- you
2: wield a TV <laughs> next to
1: your bed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this is totally, I have a footnote in my review. When I play games or watch movies, it's totally like having a mini high-res TV on my lap or on my desk. Um, I, I don't know how I should describe this, if this is a problem for people or not. Uh, because when you're resting, when you're in a relaxed position, uh, you can use a smart cover or the smart keyboard as a stand. So in in, in theory, in, it shouldn't be a problem if it's too big. It could only be a positive, you know, because you're looking at a bigger screen, so it's more comfortable. You don't have to hold your device with... with you know both hands, so sides shouldn't be an issue in that case. Uh, so I don't know. Like when you're in bed, do you like to use like another stand for the iPad? Well, watching Netflix, uh, because when it when you're on the couch, you can just put the iPad Pro on your lap, and it's this big screen that you you know you see in front of you. If you're if you're if you have a desk, you can just use a stand. Or you know, just like my picture in the review, you can just prop it up on your lap and watch a movie. So uh, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe for kids it could be a problem. You know, um, kids with small hands, it's a bigger, it's a it's a it's a heavier device. So that maybe is a problem. You know, if you if you're gonna ask your your children to pick up an iPad Pro, I can imagine at seven hundred grams that can be an issue.
2: Just knock over my daughter. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) It just disrupts her center of gravity and she just goes straight down. (laughs) Yeah, so for kids, for kids, maybe that's a problem. And I see your argument there. But for adult people, I don't know. I think you'll be fine. Cool.
0: One of the main uses of my MacBook Pro now um, is it's become the machine that we watch TV on in bed. Yes, yes. But this is the same screen size yes so <laughs> goodbye <laughs> like, <laughs> my macbook is becoming like the more i think about the ipad pro and we'll talk about this at the end but i'm starting to just check off more of what i do with my macbook pro and it's becoming less and less likely that it will have a a, a serious place in my life if i get one of these now before we depart from the screen um mm-hmm. and move on to other positive advice there's, this is the first of of a couple of things, I believe, that put the iPad in a weird position from a refresh cycle. And what I'm talking about is 3D Touch. So the iPad Pro is a new device, but it's kind of still stuck in the middle uh, between the iPad Air 2 and the new iPhones. And one of the first things that, that highlight this is the fact that you cannot use 3D Touch on this device, right? Mm-hmm. Um How has that impacted you on a daily basis? Has it, has it not? Do you need it? What do you think you need it for? Could this device even comfortably use a technology like this?
1: So the biggest issue has been the lack of shortcuts on the home screen. But what I also noticed is I use 3D Touch on my phone with my thumb. So when I'm scrolling Twitter... I can just press harder with my thumb, and I get a preview in Tweetbot, or you know, tweets and web pages. I don't use the iPad Pro like that, and even if I did, um, there's a you know, there's a gap in in apps between you know the the bezel of the device when my thumb rests and the content on the screen. So in Tweetbot, you get a sidebar. Or you know maybe in Safari you get a margin between the you know the bezel and a link in the text of a web page. So I struggle to imagine how you would use 3D touch on an iPad. You would have to use another finger, so another hand, like your index finger finger on the right hand, to point at content and use 3D touch. So I think there will be some 3D touch implementation. I don't know if it'll be like the iPhone. So on the home screen, it's got to be like the iPhone because shortcuts are just too convenient. But the the physical interaction of using, at least for me, using 3D Touch on a on an iPhone and imagining it on an iPad Pro is different uh, because even on the 6 Plus, I can hold the device and with my thumb use 3D Touch anywhere because I can reach the screen anywhere. On the iPad Pro, it would require another hand So I don't know, and it will be especially weird when the iPad is being used with a keyboard vertically. So do you just, (laughs) you know, you got there's a risk you gotta knock your iPad over (laughs) trying to use 3D Touch when it's when it's used vertically with a stand. Um, I think there's gotta be some kind of 3D Touch implementation in the future. I don't know if it'll be exactly like the phone.
2: I had this. I had this moment uh, in in preparing, looking at the iPad Pro uh, pages on Apple's website, and as the, the resident space nerd, I liked. Um, there was a lot of space stuff in the keynote and all their example images. I was like, "Oh man, it's gonna be so cool to like, for you know, three D touch and have a live photo of like Jupiter spinning under my thumb." And then I was like, "And Mike actually was like, you know, there's not three D touch in the iPad Pro, and it. it I was like, no. <laughs> so, um, you know, may, maybe next time. You know, I think this happens with Apple products sometimes where you end up yeah. the iPhone having something first. I mean, look, just look at Siri. Uh, it took a while to, to bring that to the iPad, and it's still not on the Mac. I think maybe it has less to do with, like, life cycle of products and more to do with the iPhone being sort of the, the front runner. the iPhones where they make all their money or most of their money, and it, it's that's where they're pushing the envelope, you know. It, I, I think I agree with you, Federico, that... Three touch would be really nice, especially for home screen shortcuts. It's amazing how quickly that has become like part yeah. of my workflow in my iPhone. Like yeah. I'm totally in on it. Um, but the you know I think it will get there. But I'm not I'm not shocked. I'm not like super surprised that it's not here on day one. Yeah,
1: yeah, I I totally agree. The just imagining pick and pop while holding an iPad Pro, I just I. Cannot see it, or you know, maybe I'll be proven wrong in the future. But I think the big, sc- the bigger a screen gets, the harder it is for 3D touch to be effective. So either Apple comes up with a new implementation just for the iPad, or maybe I'm just wrong, and when it does finally ship with 3D touch, it'll be okay with pick and pop as you normally do on the iPhone. So we'll see. Uh, also, another another hardware feature that, you know, it's on the phone, but it's not on the iPad. It's a uh, second-generation Touch ID sensor. So that's really a bummer, because I'm totally used to the crazy fast unlocking experience of the iPhone 6S, and on the iPad Pro, you can immediately tell it's the first-generation Touch ID. Uh, It's it's, it's slower, and it's not as fast or accurate, uh, or, you know capable of accepting different orientations of your finger uh, than on the iPhone 6S. So, so it's the one we've been used to with yes. the previous iPads. Yes. Talking
0: about um, Touch ID and, and hardware stuff, is there a tactic motor in this
1: device? No.
0: Okay, so there's no vibrate motor again, because I don't believe any other iPads have had...
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't vibrate. Yeah. Okay.
0: My only reason for thinking that
2: is like games and
0: stuff, but it's yeah. never been a thing that's been there before. Okay. yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So to wrap up the hardware, I thought we could talk real quick about some of the, it's like the pure tech specs. So Federico, you mentioned it's got four gigs of RAM, Yes, uh, which is, of course, uh, the most that we've seen in an in a iOS device. Um, and I imagine that, that is all about that multitasking experience. Can you Can you tell the difference between the iPad Air 2 and the Pro in this regard?
1: Yeah, it's a bit snappier, it's more responsive, and when you use a full screen app like Safari and you open a bunch of tabs, you can tell that it's keeping those tabs longer in memory. So it's not a massive difference from the iPad 2, but it's noticeably faster, snappier, more yeah. responsive. Some animations uh, are like quicker, and I, I, you know, I've been fine with with the performance. It's really it, it, it makes me more more efficient because when I put up. You know, two apps side by side, uh, I can switch between Safari tabs. Uh, the extensions, uh, like something like Workflow, if it needs to work with a lot of data, so with a big video or with a big photo, uh, the extension can use more RAM. So it it works really nicely for me.
0: And Federico, you mentioned that you have a 128, yeah. um, and so there's there's two versions of the 128, one with cellular uh, and one without. Yeah. And then other than that, there's just a the 32 Wi-Fi, right? There's no 64 yeah. gigabyte. Do you think this is a an issue from Apple?
1: I don't know. I asked, and they wouldn't tell, of course, uh, <laughs> why they made this decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I We can only imagine. Uh, it's it's strange to me that the base model is a 32 and not a 64. I, c- I can understand the sort of jump to 128 because for people who are going to use this as as their main computer, uh you put in a lot of games, a lot of movies, a lot of documents, so you want to use this as a computer, you need the 128. So that I understand. I don't understand why there's the base model is the 32 version and not the 64 gig one. Uh I I maybe there's some kind of uh Steven has a theory that it's a supply chain issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh I I, I'm coming up empty, or maybe they just want to push people to buy, you know, the the 128 gig model uh, because it's you know more money, and more revenue. I don't know.
2: Yeah, it, it's a it's a little odd, but we've complained for a while now about odd storage issues with iOS devices. You know, it it may be a parts issue. I don't know if they're using the same parts for storage here as they are in the 6s and 6s plus, um, where I think a lot of people are buying the 64 because it's that that the way the thing is set up now yeah. um but i agree too that if if this is a a device that apple sees as a a true computer replacement that maybe they think hey you know 128 gigs is a lot better of a yeah. um situation to be in it's going to give you more breathing room it's going to feel more like a computer uh in a in a traditional sense if you have that more storage space so Maybe they're sort of leading you to that 128, like they do on the iPhones. But um, I, mean, I think it's fine either way. I mean, it's it's you know it's just it's sort of an interesting thing to think about uh, in light of all all the other storage issues we've talked yeah. about. The limiting of
0: the cellular to the 128 version is also just a peculiar choice because that's yes. not something that they do with other iPads.
1: No, they they allow you to choose any any you know configuration with any kind of storage and Wi-Fi plus cell- cellular connection so that's interesting like uh the cellular is the kind of premium that you can only get if you go all in with the iPad pro and what's
2: what's crazy about that is since like the beginning of iPad time it's been hundred and thirty bucks to add cellular data so you could buy the 16 gig and spend another hundred and thirty dollars and get and get the the Cellular, so it's not like the margins would be less on the 32 gig. You know they're still going to charge that premium to add to add the cellular anyway. So really, that makes no sense to me. I really would like to know why they they made that decision. Again, maybe it's to say, hey, you know what? Um, This we view this as a as a machine that is going to be used in an office, in a home office, in uh, you know, in a professional environment where you're going to have Wi-Fi, and you know, maybe they just don't think it's as important here as it is on something like the Mini or the Air 2, but I, why take that option away from your customers is something that I just I don't get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yeah, it is very strange. All right, we should talk about iOS 9 and how iOS 9 feels um, on the iPad Pro. But before we do that, let me take a moment to thank our friends over at Casper for sponsoring this week's episode as well. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses that you're able to get for yourself at a fraction of the price that you're used to paying if you go into a store to buy a mattress talking about going into stores buying a mattress is such a weird thing right you go to a showroom you take a look at some mattresses that are set up on some beds and you're fully clothed You your shoes on you got your jacket on and you sit on the mattress and then maybe you lay on the mattress for like 20 or 30 seconds in a really peculiar environment and then you have to make a decision about what mattress you want to buy and then sleep on it for the next 10 years this is crazy like this just isn't something that makes a lot of sense and Casper has found a really interesting way to solve this problem so let me tell you about what these mattresses are made of they are a whole new hybrid mattress that Casper has created they combine premium latex foam with memory foam it's two different technologies that come together for better nights and brighter days it has just the right sink just the right bounce a Casper mattress is going to provide you resilience and long-lasting supportive comfort and the prices are also fantastic if you go to that weird showroom that I mentioned a a little bit earlier, you will see that these mattresses can cost well over $1500. But Casper mattresses are incredibly priced. You can get a twin size mattress for $500, $750 for a full size, $850 for a queen, and $950 for a king size mattress. And better yet, all of these mattresses are made in America. So they're great quality stuff. They really put a lot of time and effort into the mattresses that they're making. Now, so I mentioned about the new way of buying mattresses, right? So you buy a Casper mattress online. Now that sounds kind of crazy because you're like, hey, Mike, you don't even get to sit on it at all before you buy it. But this is where the magic is. Casper will deliver you this mattress in a box that is kind of impossibly small. You open up the mattress, it kind of breathes itself to life. They kind of va- they vacuum pack it in there, right? So it keeps it nice and small in the box. You can sleep on that mattress for 100 days with a risk-free return period. They will deliver it to you for free. You can sleep on it for over three months. And if you want to send it back because you don't like it, you can do that for free. They'll come and pick it up for you. It is that Simple. Lying on a bed for like a couple of minutes in a showroom is no way to know whether a mattress is right for you. That's why Casper has turned this buying process into a risk-free experience. They understand the importance of truly trying out a mattress that in all reality you could be spending a third of your life on. Listeners of this show can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash connected and using the code CONNECTED. At checkout, it's lovely fifty dollars off any mattress. Terms and conditions apply. Please see the site for details. Thank you so much to Casper for supporting this show and Relay
2: FM. You know, when we look back, there's always interesting um, things that that come out. You can connect the dots once you're kind of past them. And I think there have been a lot of dots leading to this uh, to this device. So we have, you know, the iPad Air two, which came out last year, and and all of a sudden, you know, this this thing is sort of ridiculous, right? There's so much power here, it can do so much. Uh, oh, and then iOS 9 comes out with all this multitasking, slide over, split view, picture in picture that the power in the Air 2, especially since they didn't rev it this year, uh, make a lot of sense now, right? The the hardware sort of maybe outpaced the software for a second and and now iOS 9 and the Air 2 feel really well matched and the iPad Pro I think is just another step in that direction right so you know multitasking might be a little tight on the Air 2 probably really tight on a on a mini 4 but on a pro like you said Federico you get these nice iPad portrait apps side by side we're going to talk a little bit about that but i, I was wondering are there ways that it doesn't make sense yet or are we in that situation again where the hardware's outpacing the software in areas uh, in in your mind
1: well when it comes to multitasking they make a lot of sense together um especially when you want to use two full-size apps and you get the feeling and the power to do so. Uh, there are some parts of the iOS 9 interface that could use a little more creativity uh, because they show a lot of potential. So the home screen is totally the same on the iPad Pro. Uh, you get the same 5x4 grid of app icons, you know, excluding the docking landscape. Um, and they're just only more spaced out. So there's no uh, additional room for more icons. No special usage of the bigger home screen. And folders are totally the same. Control center when used in landscape, it just shows more uh, white space between the toggles. So they they look really weird when you're used to having you know the tight control center icons, uh, and they totally scream, hey, let's put more toggles in here, we got room for them, you can put in additional shortcuts if you want, but you can't. So it it is strange to look at the home screen, to look at Control Center, and on the other hand, Apple has done some new things for iOS 9, so in, in Notification Center, you get a mini monthly calendar at the top. Uh, next to today's date. Uh, you see this little monthly calendar which is useful when you want to pull down and see, you know, upcoming weeks and days of the month. Or of course the software keyboard is totally different from the upper, from the iPad Air 2. So they have done some things and it's in in typical Apple fashion. They have chosen some areas to focus on for the 1.0 and some other parts of the interface are clearly not done. They're not unusable, they're just the same as the previous generation, so you can see the potential there, and I wouldn't be surprised to see new things come into the home screen. On the iPad Pro, Uh, it it just feels very lonely, you know, (laughs) to look at those app icons, to look (laughs) at those control center shortcuts. You can see the 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 space for innovation, the space for additional shortcuts, you know, to save time, to jump between apps. I don't know. You just can see the potential. It's just not there yet. So. I would say that iOS 9 and the iPad Pro, they make sense together. And in some areas, Apple has done some customizations that are really welcome. But there's a few aspects that need more time and need more work. And they need to, maybe Apple designers themselves, they need to understand what people want. And they need to to look at the home screen, to look at a control center and say, what can we do? To better organize apps, and maybe the, the the most obvious answer is let's put more apps on the first page. I don't know, but do something with that space. Um, and in Control Center, just you know, allow users finally maybe to define their own shortcuts. Uh, the, the space on of Control Center on the iPad Pro uh, basically begs for more uh, shortcuts in there.
0: The Control Center UI reminds me of what notification the notification view was like until like ios nine so it wasn't until nine that apple realized that that in just swiping down and seeing one whole list of icons doesn't make sense because with nine you've got the ability to have the split view right between notifications and widgets yeah so it shows that there is the ability to do more there but i think what it does show is it sometimes takes a little bit longer than yeah. it should yeah one of the things that you mentioned in your review was a, a a fresh, a growing frustration in the slide over UI that has been kind yes. of really put to the test with the iPad Pro. Can you explain what that is?
1: So the slide over UI is when you're swiping from the right edge of the screen to bring up the last used app in slide over, and when you then swipe down from the status bar of the slide over app, you see the slide over app picker, which is this vertical tray of three icons at a time that already in September, I was arguing that it it could have used a better way to organize apps and to let you find apps to use in multitasking. And two months after the public release of iOS 9, I totally believe that the slide over app picker is the, the single iOS 9 feature that's aging badly. You know, it's, it is it is very annoying to find an app that you used a couple of days ago uh, because there's no search bar. So you got to scroll all the way to the top and look at the icons and see, oh, hey, that's the app I want to use in SlideOver. Um it's a slow process. It's a tedious process to find all these apps with no organization. The list is isn't compact, so it's not a grid, and you and you can look at a bunch of icons at a time. You can only see three icons in a single screen, so you need to swipe slowly, look at each icon, and say, "Yep, that's the app." Uh, on the iPad Pro, because the screen is so big, uh, it becomes even more annoying because they Apple didn't use the increased. Space for mm. you know showing you more icons in this light over
0: It scales, right? I assume that the, the scales are still as big, yeah. That's yes, that's a way you really could have made that easier was like shrinking that down. I don't mm. even know why they used the big card interface there, just icons would be perfectly acceptable.
1: Mm-hmm. And even and also because you know only the f- the the most recently used app uses the card as a sort of uh, screenshot preview of your last activity in the app, which
0: is weird, right? Because it looks <laughs> yes. like it's meant to be modeled on the multitasking view. Yeah, that's kind of where the UI comes from, but it doesn't use the multitasking view, like where it, the previews. It's very no. peculiar.
1: No, it just shows you like a lighter gray background. Which is great. (laughs) That's what I want. Uh, So I I would really like to see a a way to search apps in there, maybe a grid layout. You know, if you don't want to use cards, just let me choose to have a more compact grid of apps so I can look at maybe 10 to 12 icons at a time. And maybe even let me say, hey, I never want to use this app in the slide over or in multitasking. So... I don't want to see my content blocker in there, you know? I'm not going to switch back and forth between Safari and, and my content blocker. If I want to change settings, I go to the content blocker app. There's a lot of apps that, or games for that matter, uh... There's a really a lot of apps that don't make any sense in the slideover over menu, but there's no way to turn them off. So when you're scrolling the list, you got to see them all until you find the app you're looking for. And on the iPad Pro, that becomes a problem because the UI just scales, and they don't take advantage of the bigger screen to simplify the process of, of finding apps in the, in the app picker there.
0: Let's talk about the software keyboard for a moment. Uh, mm-hmm. because I know that you've got some frustrations with this. Um, can you explain some of the sweeping changes that Apple have made, some of the enhancements, but also how they're affecting you on a daily basis?
1: so the main the main idea is to replicate the feeling and the and the functionality of a of a desktop keyboard of a magic keyboard. Uh, You see there's a number row at the top, always shown. Uh, There's special characters on top of numbers. There's a a bunch of extra keys on each side of the keyboard. And it's really meant to replicate the way that you work on a physical keyboard on your Mac uh, on an iPad Pro, on a software keyboard. Which
0: is a great idea in theory.
1: It's a great idea because there's going to be a lot of people switching from laptops or from notebooks to an iPad Pro so they can be instantly familiar with the keyboard. The problem here, and I, and I remember I was going crazy for this, um, Apple is using a US English layout for the keys. So for listeners who don't know, live in America and have no idea about international keyboards, physical keyboards have minor but important changes across different countries. So in America, um, the, the delete key, the backspace key, whatever you want to call it, is not directly on top of the return key. There's, uh, I believe, square brackets uh, in between return and delete on the right side of the keyboard. In Italy, and I believe in in the UK as Mm -hmm. well, and in other European countries, uh, the delete key sits on physical keyboards for computers. The delete key sits directly on top of the return or enter key.
0: Yeah, we call it return, and it's shaped like a beautiful upside-down boot.
1: Yeah and so when i when i'm when I'm sliding with my hand on the right side of the keyboard just by feel, I can tell the return key and I can tell the delete key is direct- is a rectangle directly on top of the keyboard on the ipad pro I use the u s English keyboard, which has a different layout of the Italian one, and of course it's got this delete key that's not directly on top of return, and that's okay you know i I get why they're kind of finding a way to replicate the US English layout of physical keyboards on a software keyboard. The problem is, when I switch to the software Italian keyboard, which I use for, you know, texting my mom or my girlfriend, or just doing searches on Google in Italian, they they only change the glyphs on the keys, the icons. So the delete glyph is different. But the layout and the shape of the keys is the same. So it's an Italian keyboard in that it's got Italian icons and it writes in Italian, but it doesn't use the Italian keyboard layout.
0: Yeah, it uses the little icon that says return, right? Like, so the Uh little arrow, but Uh the key shape is the same. Is that what you're saying? The key shape
1: is the same and the placement of the delete key is not as the keyboard I'm looking at right now on my Mac, so I got Delete on top of Return on the iPad Pro. When I switched to the software Italian keyboard, the Delete key is not on top of Return. There's a bunch of keys in between them.
0: It's a real interesting oversight, right? Because they've identified that something needs to change, but they haven't changed what they actually need to change.
1: Yeah, and it's it took me it took me a couple of days. I was going crazy adjusting to you know to these different. Layout And I realized that my situation is a bit peculiar, because I'm in Italy, but I write in English, and my audience is primarily American, so I use the U.S. English keyboard. And for me, the struggle was going from the iPad Air 2 keyboard, the software one, which I used on a daily basis. I mostly use the software keyboard when I work from my iPad. So I needed to go from that keyboard to the U.S. English software keyboard on the iPad Pro which is uh, which has a different layout. On the iPad Air 2, the delete key is on the right side. On the iPad Pro, there's a bunch of keys underneath the delete key. So I was always typing them instead of deleting characters. So that's for the US English. So I got I think I got two two problems trying to get used to. The US English layout itself and the fact that the Italian software keyboard doesn't switch to the physical Italian keyboard. So it's a uh, Maybe my situation is a bit odd, but I totally believe that Apple should, if they want to replicate the layout of physical keyboards, they should be correctly doing so and they should be accurate.
0: I don't think it's going to be that weird because I'm going to have the exact same problem, right? The the keyboard is not going to be laid out as I would expect it to be, even though it's going to have all of the, it's going to understand that it's a British keyboard. It's going to have the glyphs as they should be. But the layout is going to be different, which is going to be yeah. very peculiar for me to try and get get used to.
1: Yeah, and uh, on the on the app side, all these extra. W- once I get used to it, and it took me a few days, and I'm still typing characters I don't want to type when when I want to delete, you know, a few characters on on a text field. Um, the upside is that the extra characters always shown at the same time in the main keyboard view, and especially the number row and the special characters on top of numbers, uh, they they came really in handy for me for editing Markdown. So I get easier access to square brackets, easier access to numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, So once I got used to it, it was really nice because even when writing scripts in Pythonista, these special characters are useful to have on the main keyboard, so I don't have to switch, you know, between different views of the keyboard. But <laughs> another thing that has me going crazy, you know the, the little one two three key on the keyboard that lets you switch to only the special character and number mode? Yep. And you know that there's a little globe key next to it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well the 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 placement of the globe key and the one two three key has been reversed on the iPad Pro. <laughs> <laughs> For a reason nobody can explain. <laughs> For reasons unknown, uh every time I go instinctively reach out to the one two three key, I switch keyboards with the globe key. Oh. So I either switch to the emoji one or I switch to Italian. I have I don't understand why the globe icon is now the first one instead of being in the second spot, I believe. It's on the iPad on the iPad R2, on the iPhone. It's always been that way, I believe. Or if they changed it, they changed it a couple of years ago. And now on every other device it's in the second spot in the bottom row on the leftmost side corner. Now the position is different on the iPad Pro. So every time, just with my with my left index, I go reach out for that key. I change keyboards, and I'm like, "Oh no, not again!" Um, I don't understand why there's a there's this change. Uh, I honestly have no idea. My maybe the, the the theory is that again to replicate a physical keyboard, the globe the glob key needed to be out of the way. I don't know. Coming up empty for. You know, with explanations, no idea.
2: Seems crazy to me that would, that, <laughs> that would change. It's such a muscle memory thing that yeah worries me.
1: So one other one other thing that's different on the iPad Pro keyboard is that there's no more split keyboard, and I'm pretty sure that the very the most loyal Scott Forstall fans will be upset here. Uh, the split keyboard, famously introduced by by Forstall back in the iOS five days on the iPad, is now gone on the iPad Pro. You can still undock. Uh, the keyboard, so you can use it as a full-size keyboard, uh, not necessarily at the bottom, so you can move it around vertically, but you can no longer split the keyboard. Um, I don't know. I'm not particularly sad. It is a bit strange that they're doing it now when you consider that maybe some people, not me, but some people uh, could find this useful because the iPad Pro is wider and, you know, having the ability to, to... to have a split keyboard on each side could make it a little easier for them. Uh, but I never used it. Uh, I'm not really sad. Uh, and, it, and it was, you know, a long time coming. I was actually surprised that it was still around with iOS 9. So maybe the iPad Pro offered a nice opportunity for a clean break. I don't know. Are you guys sad that the split keyboard is gone?
0: <laughs> I am, because I use it, and it oh, feels yeah? like it would be more useful to me.
1: to Really? It. You it, use it? Yeah,
0: Yeah, I do use it. It's more comfortable to hit the middle keys on the keyboard when in portrait.
1: It looks looks kind of terrible, man. Oh, it
0: looks terrible, but it's functional. (laughs) It's very functional. (laughs) You don't have to stretch your hands so much to hit the middle keys when you're typing Mm. in portrait. So I've always really liked it. And now it's going to be even more difficult to type in portrait because the thing is huge. It's like a landscape iPad. Um, so it feels like this is the only real iPad to me where the split keyboard would be super useful to more hmm, people. Yeah. But now they've gotten rid of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree with Mike 100%. Which is huh. it's kind of peculiar, um, but. You know, I guess if I need it that much, there are third-party keyboards that would be able to help
1: me. Yeah, Do you really want to use a third-party keyboard, Mike?
0: No, especially when it's more difficult <laughs> to switch between them now because they've moved the, the line around.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, by the way, switching between third-party keyboards seems to be a little faster on the iPad Pro. It takes four gigs of RAM yeah. to switch between
2: keyboards. <laughs> yep. That's what the extra RAM is there for.
1: I didn't include this in the review. So I kind of just want to mention it in passing with you guys, but it seems like like a fraction of a second faster. But it could be a placebo effect, you know? Maybe my my brain is just looking at this fast device and say, yeah, reaching keyboards is also faster. Uh, it it seemed that way to me, but I'm not completely that's sure. That's why they about
0: moved it. the globe because they wanted to show you how much quicker it was. No, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's the strategy there. Like, hey guys, look, we did fix it. <laughs> keyboards are good now. Um, Federico, last week on the show we were talking about you using multiple iPads in the past to do the uh-huh. quarterly results stuff. Uh huh. I assume that tasks like this with the split view, with it looking like basically two iPads next to each other, make things like this a lot easier for you on oh, a yeah. day-to-day basis.
1: Yeah. Um. It, you don't get the problem of of the iPad Air 2 when splitting the screen in two apps shows you two apps for sure. But it also gives you a compact layout, which often hides some controls or forces you to swipe to reveal sidebars and other menus. Here, you get exactly two portrait apps at the same time. So you get a regular vertical layout and it helps for, again, there's a few different examples, uh, Safari shows tabs and controls at the top, Um App. Many apps don't use action sheets that come up, you know, from the bottom. They instead use popovers on the iPad Pro, so you can, you know, see these little menus instead of a model menu that takes half of the screen. Um, it's a series of little. Differences and it's all based on size classes for iOS, which developers have started to use uh, last year, and then they're highly used to, uh, you know, power the multitasking interface of iOS nine on the iPad. Um, It's for me and the kind of usage that I that I do with the iPad and with iOS nine. The I would say that the iPad Pro brings the true expression of iOS nine multitasking uh, because it's really two full size apps at the same time. It feels like there's no compromise there. And on the iPad Air 2, it's more like saying, yeah, we can do two apps at the same time and it's great. And I use it for I've used it for since June. I wrote my entire review using iOS Simon Multitasking. and it was amazing. On the iPad Pro, it's better. Simply because you get two bigger apps and you get the the same lay, layouts that you're used to, which is a, a very important thing to to note because when you're using apps in full screen switching to split view it doesn't have an increased cognitive load on you you don't have to remember oh yeah when i split the screen the controls change they're always in the same spot which helps a lot when when working with you know touch on the ipad
0: it's a really really interesting point i hadn't considered that but yeah because they're because i guess on the ipad pro a lot of apps are being scaled up right Mm -hmm. So when you Mm -hmm. put them into split view, because it's still so big, they don't need to do that. They don't need to change. Yep.
1: exactly. So uh, my my favorite example is Safari. Again, I use the app all the time and um, I'm so used to having tabs uh, on the iPad, just below the address bar. When I use split view with Safari on the iPad Air 2, I'm annoyed every single time it changes to a compact layout, which has the little tab icon in the bottom right corner. So when you tap it, you get the iPhone tab view. Yep. You don't get the, the the horizontal list of tabs at the top. You get a little like carousel of tabs. On the iPad Pro, even when you use split view, it still keeps the tabs at the top, just below the address bar, which is super convenient to move between a bunch of websites when you're multitasking. That's my favorite example by far.
0: What about some third-party apps? Have you had any good experiences or bad experiences with the idea of of the increased screen size and the split view?
1: One of my favorite experiences has been Tweetbot, because in portrait mode it shows the, the second column, So on the iPad Air 2, you get the second column only in landscape. On the iPad Pro, you also get it in portrait because of, you know, it's bigger. Uh, That's nice. I still think that tapbots should consider having three columns in landscape because Re- there's really a lot of space available. Uh they could use a third column in landscape on the iPad Pro.
0: The w- the interesting thing about the tweetbot is so I like to use it a lot on my iPad, but I use it a lot in portrait view because I like to be able to see my like when I read my tweets just to have that kind of an uninterrupted experience. So huh. is that uh is that something that I'm going to miss when using it on the yes. iPad Pro or no, I mean but or is the fact that because there's so much screen size I kind of get a a real good view of the single column and then there's just another column there as well. Or am I going to is it going to feel cramped for me still to have two columns there?
1: Okay, so no, it won't feel cramped because there is space available, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh it, it's just a matter of taste and visual preference. Do you like having a second column or just does it distract you too much? Because if that's the case, Maybe there should be a preference for users who never want to see the uh, the second column in, in portrait. But it's not a problem of available space. The the first column still is bigger, wider, and it gives you you know more room for tweets. So it's just a matter of visual clutter. Do you want to see that or not? Um, maybe it should be a preference. I don't know. Other third party apps. Uh, they were really nice. Um, I'm testing this new. Not testing. I'm, I bought it from the App Store. I'm seeing if it works for me. Uh, this clipboard manager uh, for iOS. It's called Copied, um, and it's nice because in, in split view, it um, it shows you not just the list of uh, items that you've copied to the clipboard. It also shows you a detailed view for the selected item. So on the iPad. Of course, it only shows a list and then you get a tap and you get the detail view. On the It Pro, when you're in split view, you get both the list and the detail view on the right side. So that was nice. I, I save a bunch of items into this app. So having the, the two views available at the same time, that's a nice time saving. Um, I didn't really have any problems uh, getting used to apps uh, with a split view or, you know, uh, at a bigger size. In fact, it was only a benefit, you know, to have more consistent views when switching to multitasking. And if you use a lot of third-party apps, I generally believe that the iPad Pro is a very good update uh, because you, you get used to a full-screen layout. And when you switch to the, to the split-view layout on the iPad Pro, it's still the same one. It's only slightly narrower. Than the iPad Air 2, uh, but you really cannot tell the difference. And no, I would I would say Mike, that there wasn't any problem getting okay. used to it. Yeah. In fact, uh, another nice feature was on the iPad Air 2, the shortcut bar. You know, the little mm, shortcuts on each side of a uh, quick type, the suggestions on top of the keyboard. On the smaller iPad, uh, you often get a popover if there's no room for shortcuts. So you get a popover to choose shortcuts. On the iPad Pro, because the keyboard is wider, uh, the shortcuts are always shown without the popover. So there's no second step. You all you always get those icons on top of the keyboard and there's no other, you know, list grouping them. So overall it I didn't have any problems getting used to third party apps. It was only beneficial to me I would say. All right we should probably talk about the accessories right
0: because this is completely brand new Uh, Uh but before we do that let me just take one last moment to thank our third sponsor for this week and that is Igloo the intranet that you will actually like. Igloo have built an intranet that means you no longer have to be chained to one device to one machine in one building to be able to access everything on your corporate intranet. This is something that is especially for people that have used stuff like SharePoint, like a magical revelation. I remember whenever I needed to get something from my intranet in the job that I used to have, I could only access it in the building at the machine that they gave me, which is kind of crazy because people are so mobile these days. They have their documents everywhere. They work from everywhere. And Igloo takes this into account when they build their platform. With Igloo, if you have a web browser, you can access your intranet. They have a responsive design. It looks good on all types of devices, meaning that you can share status updates, you can access your tasks, you can access your documents, no matter where it is you're working or what device you're using. And when you do access your Igloo, it's going to look and feel like somewhere that you want to be. They create it with modern web standards in mind, so it works the way that you're used to using apps and stuff like that on the web. And they've also let you Have the tools so you can design it and customize it to look and feel like a place that fits within your business. You can also customize each individual's team's group space so you can give them different functionality and different things depending on the type of stuff that they're going to need within their daily life and this is all configurable with a drag and drop interface and you can really just reorganize the whole platform to work how each of your teams inside of your company work on a daily basis you can also integrate services like box google drive and dropbox into their big easy to secure platform which means people will stop taking documents outside of the business and put them in their own apps which means you can put them all into the one platform instead secure it all with their single sign-on active directory integrations and 256-bit encryption it's time to break away from the internet that you hate. Go and sign up for Igloo right now, and you can try it for free with any team of up to ten people for as long as you want. Go sign up at iglusoftware.com/connected. Thank you so much to Igloo for their support of this show and Relay FM.
2: So, one of the the big parts of the iPad Pro story, of course, uh, are the accessories, and and I, for one, because I'm leading the section, uh, would like to start with the pencil because I think that's the most uh, interesting. And uh, I'm going to, Frederick, I'm going to read something that you wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, you say, first, allow me to get this out of my system. The Apple Pencil is not the iPad Pro's primary input system. That's still your finger and multi touch. Um, my understanding is that they've blown it now, right? Because it's a stylus. Is that right? <laughs> they blew it, right? That's the thing. No. Do we have to address no. that? Um, uh, I'm not even going to address it. Um, <laughs> And, and rewatching the the iPad Pro introduction uh, from mm-hmm. September, that's a, that's something that they they say multiple times. You know, the pencil is a supplementary uh, input method, um, but it's one that I think is really interesting because they haven't done it before. Uh, there's the quote that people take out of context, and there's you know it it potentially opens it up to a whole new type of, of creativity and, and that sort of thing. So how is it? How's how's the pencil?
1: First it really feels like a pencil. Like the size is much taller than I expected it to be. And it feels great in the hand. It's it's light. Uh it's I mean it's white, so uh, uh some people won't like it because it kinda stands out if you have a black iPad. Um but it feels it feels really nice. So uh, as an object. It feels very nice the performance on the screen is impressive and it it feels very natural um ink or you know like sketches the, the, the lines follow the tip of the pencil very closely and if you're if you're moving the pencil slowly there's no perceptible delay between a line appearing on screen and the tip of the pencil moving slowly on the display if you accelerate the drawing a little bit there's a tiny tiny latency between the two but it's much 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 better than any other stylus i've tried on the ipad before and the 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 result is it's by far the best performing stylus i've ever tried and even if i, I if i'm not an artist and i don't need to uh, annotate documents on my ipad on a, on a daily basis uh, i've always bought uh, you know styli on the on the ipad just to to try them out and see you know is this going to be better for me if i wanna i don't know use evernote with a with a bunch of pdfs for some reason i i kept on buying you know styli for my ipad i don't know why but the pencil is really something else and it's a combination of hardware and software so the apis that apple launched with ios 9 predictive touches and coalesced touches—they uh, help in getting the, the the iPad screen to recognize and to reduce latency between the pencil, the tip on on the screen, and the lines appearing. Uh, I tried the pencil with notes and with some third-party apps that um, that I downloaded from the App Store or that I got access via test flight. Um, I tried it with Paper, with uh, Evernote uh I tried it with um Adobe Sketch which is a, a sketching app you know from uh from the Adobe guys um what else I, I tried even other apps that were necessarily based on sketching and annotations such as uh I think it's called Complete Anatomy it's from 3D4 Medical and it was it on stage
0: oh yeah yeah the one where they were drawing bone horrifyingly
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. You can also cut muscles and see what's underneath. <laughs> Stop. But, but, <laughs>
0: never using that
1: app. <laughs> uh, from an educational perspective, it's really nice because you can make these precise cuts and see like what the human body is like. Perfect. And yeah, uh, so you can you can you you know you can you get this uh, 3D figure and you can use the tip of the pencil to basically, it's like surgery, <laughs> you got a cut where, you know, precisely, and you see what's underneath, so you can see the bones, you can see the muscles, it's very cool, and uses the 3D graphics of the iPad Pro, so you can zoom and pan around, very, very nicely done. But anyway, my main use case for the pencil when testing it was using the Notes app, and it, just feels like writing on paper. So I don't write on paper much. And I realized that I'm talking to one of the guys who has a pen podcast. I have
0: many questions.
1: Hey, Mike, sorry, (laughs) sorry. Um, Just let me say sorry in advance. If I'm going to say things that you don't like or don't, you know, um, please forgive me, Mike, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, It feels like writing on a piece of paper to me. And again, I say this as someone who doesn't write on paper much, but the Palmer Ejection, is nearly perfect, so I can rest my entire wrist and uh, arm on the on the iPad Pro. So I can just, you know, rest my uh, a good portion of my of my forearm on the display, and it won't recognize any touches. So it won't draw one of those accidental lines that you always get when you tr- when you try a third party stylus and an app uh, that's not built for the pencil. Here, that's not the case, when you can rest your arm on the display and you can draw with the pencil, you can write, you can sketch, and you only get the 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 rendering, the ink or the lines from the pencil. So it's very well done. I did trigger a couple of accidental lines, usually in the bottom half of the display. So I don't know if the iPad Pro is doing polymer ejection uh, like in a circle around the pencil i have no idea hmm. or maybe it's just a software issue that, you know uh, i would say that i got 90% accuracy which is very impressive
0: so i think a way to tell about how apple's doing the palm rejection can you move anything on the interface whilst using the pencil
1: no in fact right. uh, when when you it's it's weird to describe if you even if you activate split view so you put two apps side by side, one that has a, a an input field for the pencil, and another like I don't know, Slack or Tweetbot. You can draw on the left side with the pencil. You can rest your palm of your hand on on the on the split view app, and it won't do anything. So even when you're using two apps at the same time, palm rejection applies globally to the display, right. and it's very well done. So what it's doing. Seems like
0: is as soon as the pencil comes into contact with the iPad, it shuts off all other input. Probably, yeah. Which is sensible because you typically won't yeah. need it. Because as, I, I would assume, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, that as soon as you lift the tip, you can move things.
1: Well, you can zoom. You can select controls. Yeah, you but know? that's
0: that's when the tip of the pencil is off the the paper.
1: I actually haven't. I actually haven't tried to just. Holding the pencil and i, I don't know if the, if it's even possible to hold the pencil on the screen and select a bunch of menus at the, at the you know at the same time with another finger uh, I guess I didn't try this because when I'm drawing I'm concentrating on the lines and you know actually using the pencil uh but my idea is that yes when you're and again I didn't confirm this with Apple so it's all, sure. just my speculation uh but when I'm touching the screen with the pencil it blocks everything else um so, those accidental lines that I got were maybe a problem in between lifting the pencil and just triggering a touch yep um but again, ninety to ninety five percent accuracy well I, I remember reading the the first impressions from the Pixar guys and the Disney guys, and they said it's nearly perfect, and they were totally right. It's nearly perfect. It's not a hundred percent perfect, but it's almost there. all right. I need
0: to ask you some very specific questions now, okay. 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 So I need what well, something I would like really like to understand is how the iPad Pro and the pencil work together for handwriting. So can you like take a for example what would effectively be a blank sheet of paper and write like you would normally write? Does it does it come up really small and really precise? Because one of the problems of previous iPads you've had to like zoom in to make it look like the kind of the size of handwriting. Can you write uh-huh. as if you were writing on a piece of paper? Will it accept yes. input that is that small?
1: Yes, it oh does accept gosh. inputs that are small, and especially so. You gotta combine, you gotta go, combine the pencil and the ink rendering on a, of an app. So yep. if you select uh, a small pen, like mm-hmm. a, you know, and and you maybe turn down the size, then if you use the pencil, you're gonna be able to write small details or small letters and you know, small handwriting in general.
0: That so basically, Apple have now created the iPad I always wanted. This is something I have always wanted. So, you know, something that I imagine is I take a lot of notes during, whilst we're recording during the shows. I could maybe use this type of device for that. I mean, I am a handwriting person. This mm-hmm. is something that seems very interesting to me. Something else that I've heard is that the texture of the touchscreen is slightly different on the iPad, which gives more of a resistance for when using the pencil. Is this something that you've personally noticed? Maybe a little bit. But it- yeah, I've heard it's not a lot, but it gives basically it gives some feedback when you're drawing the pencil across the screen,
1: so it feels a little less like rubber on glass. Uh, maybe it has a tiny bit of resistance, but it's, it wasn't a big deal to me, really. Yeah. It's not like when you're moving... The pencil just glides across the display. Uh-huh. You don't get, like, friction. Okay. Uh, I noticed this and I thought that maybe the problem was me, but now that you mention it, maybe it is a, a, a little change in the screen. Uh, when you use your finger, it feels a little different from the iPad Air 2, but again, it's a very tiny difference. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that, so that would be a good thing for me, right? So I, I'll be looking forward to reporting back on to just how much this feels like a good pen on good paper.
1: I don't want you to be disappointed, Mike. No, no, you're an expert.
0: The <laughs> so thing is, I I will always perfectly understand that it's rubber on glass. It's never going to feel like some of the the good tools that I have, but uh-huh. just just some of the basic ideas of the fact that this could work for somebody that wants to to use handwriting sort software. Um, this could this is a big boon for the device that I'm that I'm very excited about.
1: Yeah, I think based on what I've seen, I've seen my girlfriend write. Uh, I I really basically forgot how to handwrite, mm-hmm. uh, but I tried and uh, it's fine. Especially because you can rest your entire hand, you know, when writing. So yeah. it feels like writing on a notebook with a yeah. with a pen. Yeah,
0: that that's the important part. Like using hover hand is no way to go. Oh yeah.
1: You don't have to be careful with placing your hand on the screen. You know, with the, with the previous iPad, you needed to be careful, like holding the stylus in a in an unnatural position to yep. make sure that yep. you didn't accidentally touch the screen. That's not the case with the pencil. Great. You can just rest your hand and write. Yeah.
2: And uh, I think a lot of people are going to to ask this. Um, can you use the pencil on older iPads? I mean, obviously, you, w- you wouldn't have the touch sensitivity and that sort of stuff with the scanning. But does it work at all?
1: No, uh, at least in my tests, it didn't.
0: So it doesn't even act like a dumb stylus.
1: No. So what wow. it does is, uh, when you uh, again, I tried. Um, when you plug in the the pencil into the into the iPad Pro, it shows you a pairing request. So you get a dialogue that says, "Do you want to connect to the Apple Pencil?" You say yes, and then it shows up in the Bluetooth preferences. What I also tried is I turned off Bluetooth on my iPad Pro, so it was no longer connected to the pencil. I plugged in the pencil on my iPad Air two, and it didn't bring up the the permission to connect to the pencil, and mm-hmm. I couldn't use it at all in the, on my iPad Air two.
0: So, like, you open the Notes app, you put the pencil tip on there, and it doesn't it doesn't recognize it.
1: Do you want me to try now, just to make sure?
0: I want to. Yeah, this is this is something. I think yeah, is quite important. let me let me try again. Yeah, try that because that is a. That would be really interesting because it means that they're using a very peculiar tip.
1: On it. Yeah, let me let me try for a second. Okay, so I got the pencil right here and my iPad Air 2. But plug in the pencil into the iPad and I get no permission to sure. use the pencil. So I can try to open the notes app.
0: Yeah, just open the notes app and see if it will recognize any kind of touch.
1: I bring up a new note and I switch to the drawing and it does nothing.
0: Man, that is crazy. Because basically it means that they have not got a capacitive tip on this. It's a iPad Pro only accessory. Hmm. And I'm I'm more interested now than ever about what they're using to recognize the touch, because I know that Bluetooth will always like there are other Bluetooth styluses, but it means that the tip is not, um, it's not built in the same way that other styluses are, right? Because they yeah. use yeah. whatever they use the conductive technology to make sure that it works. But how interesting! All right, thank you for performing that real world test. Yeah, sure. I I really appreciate that. I have one last question about the pencil, and then we can move on to the keyboards. So I know one of the things that it does is if you can plug it in for 15 seconds and it gives you 30 minutes of charge, right? Yes. That's one of the great things about it. Can you do that continuously? What do you mean? So after it runs out after that half an hour, can you plug it in again for another 15 seconds, get another half an hour? You can always plug it in. Because I just wondered how the battery technology works, right? Like if it was like you do that once and then you have to give it a full charge. But that's... That's really cool.
1: They don't give you any recommendation, you can just plug in the pencil and when you when you first connect the device to the iPad Pro, you get an additional icon in the batteries widget in notification center That's that what shows I hoped you That's it would be. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. shows your pencil there and when you Plug it into the iPad. Uh, the the icon in the in the widget it gets a charging indicator, mm-hmm. uh, and you can always plug it in whenever you want. You get a you also get an adapter in the in the in the box. Yep. So it's a female female adapter, so you can use a cable to charge the pencil instead of an iOS device. And you really should do that yeah. because when you when you plug in the pencil in an iOS device, I can confirm. It kinda, it's kind of it's kind of dangerous yeah, because it's it, it, incredibly
0: it, crazy. I'm happy that they gave the connector away and I'm really puzzled that they didn't mention this on stage because the idea of plugging that pencil into the iPad yeah. you are begging for it to be broken.
1: Yeah, and it kind of jiggles oh, into, the, <laughs> into the connector.
0: Nope. You should have you thought about maybe putting the pencil in and then holding up the iPad like a sign.
1: I did that. <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> you do it when you need to protest the home, know, right? You,
1: you know, you know one of those. I don't know if you if you've ever seen them, but one of those uh, like religious uh, yeah. things in Italy. There's like a priest holding up a, like a like a cross. Yes, <laughs> I tried yep. to do that with my iPad and the pencil, and it was really dangerous. I can't believe you actually did that <laughs> with
0: something that you don't own.
1: That uh, is I w- crazy. I was I was being careful. Yes, Mike. of course
0: you were. Of course, uh, Apple, if you're listening, we <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Be yeah, careful.
1: First and only time. <laughs> one, one, don't try these at home, kids. It's surrounded
0: by pillows. Yeah, I'm so proud <laughs> of you. All right, Steven, ask some questions about the keyboard.
2: You're a you're a typing person. So, if for, from my perspective, as someone who like I have an iPad keyboard case now. I've got the Logitech Ultra Thin for the Air Two. It's great. Uh, I don't use it a lot, um, and I, I, you know, looking at this at the smart keyboard, um, I wonder if it's something that that I would use. Like the pencil is way more interesting to me. Um, you've got the smart keyboard, Federico. Uh, my big concern with it is is sort of from having used other keyboards like this. Like I've used uh, the Surface, uh, was it the, the Pro keyboard uh, that they sell, and I've used a, a bunch of iPad keyboards over the years, and. Uh, For me, it's all about the feel and the travel of the keys, and and sort Uh of what the experience is. Um, And Federico, I know you've you just just said it like that. You are a software keyboard user for the most part. So so Mm -hmm. how is the smart keyboard? Is it worth you know the the extra bulk and weight of carrying this thing around, or is it sort of something that
1: you think a lot of people could could do without? The first two days, I just hated the smart keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i could i felt like a dumb monkey trying to type on the smart keyboard the first two days i was too small very little travel between the key when pressing the keys i just couldn't and the layout was different uh, and all these differences combined i was just going crazy the third day i woke up went into the kitchen Start typing on the smart keyboard and I basically almost finished my review on it so on the on I gave it forty eight hours and then you know i it started working for me and now I'm just loving it um mm. so here's the the thing if you don't like keyboards with little travel when pressing down the keys, this is not for you um If you are in the camp of people who don't like the new MacBook keyboard, you're not going to like this one because it's got even less travel.
0: Yeah, and also it's not even plastic on the top, right? It's like Uh, that material. No, it's fabric.
1: And when you... Can I give you a little demo of the sound that it makes when you slide your fingers across the keys?
0: This is a podcast. It feels like the perfect
1: scenario. Okay, so this is the sound that the smart keyboard makes when you're typing on it. Ugh. And this is the sound that that it makes when you're uh, sliding your fingers across the, the the fabric that covers the keys. Did you get that? Yeah, it sounds horrible.
0: Like it sounds like there's not nothing. Like you're just slapping some fabric. That's what it sounds like.
1: Uh, it's kind of like that. And um, so if you if you if you don't like small keyboards or very thin ones. You're not going to like this one. But for people like me, with no particular preconception on, you know, small keyboards, uh, travel, you know, when pressing keys, uh, I I personally don't like clicky keyboards. And I realize this is like one of the worst things you could say to Mac nerds.
0: I mean, on a daily basis, though, you're just... Smashing your fingers into pieces of glass, like yes. you're not ever using a keyboard. So <laughs> yes. anything is better in air quotes than than yeah. Because I don't want to make judgments on what is better and what is worse, but anything is is better, right? It's more travel. Any travel is more travel.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so for me, when when pressing the keys is still better than not pressing anything on the screen. Uh, if I'm looking for, you know, the physical feel of pressing a key. Um On the third day, I I got very used to the smart keyboard and now I can type really fast on it. And the the big difference here to understand is that the smart keyboard doubles as a cover and that's a a big advantage. And even if there's a... When you fold the keyboard back into the cover, it creates a a little ridge on on the front of the cover because, you know, there's a keyboard behind it. And it's it's not very nice to look at. But in practice, it adds some bulk to the iPad, but not as much as other keyboard cases do. And I feel like keyboard, we'll see many types of keyboards like this, uh, using the smart connector uh, to transfer data and power. We'll see many types of these thin covers that also have a keyboard. And for me, the big thing is, when i put the smart keyboard on the ipad it is both a cover and a keyboard in a single package i can still put the ipad pro in my bag and uh, and you know i basically there's a gain in maybe half a centimeter uh, which is no big deal which is not exactly like using the logitech keyboard case which adds a ton of bulk to the ipad pro
0: Because you have one of those as well, don't you?
1: Yes, yes. Apple gave me also a Logitech Create. Uh, It's a keyboard case and it's very nice. The keyboard is great. It's really like a MacBook keyboard. It's got an Italian layout, which I really appreciate. And unlike the smart keyboard, it has a a shortcut row. So you get these iOS-specific shortcuts. So like a home button, like uh, media controls, uh, brightness, volume, it's really nice, and it's backlit.
0: It's very surprising to me that the, that the smart keyboard doesn't have those shortcut keys. Yeah, the backlight on that Logitech one, though, man, that sounds yes. that sounds really it, great.
1: So that's one of the advantages of the smart connector, right? It transfers both data and power um, from the iPad to the keyboard and vice versa. So the the Logitech Create has two levels of backlight. Um, it kind of dims the keys after a few seconds, then turns them off to save power, of course. But as soon as you press this, and if you're constantly typing, it's always backlit. And it's very convenient when, when you know, typing in the dark and, you know, you want to see the keys. It's very, very nice. Uh, the problem is I really don't like the case uh, part of the Logitech create. Right. feels kind of cheap. It's plastic. It's covered in a nice textured fabric, which is cool but the case itself, it's plastic, it feels cheap to me, I don't like how you get up, you know, place the iPad into the case, kind of force it into the into the, 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 the corners, I don't like the how the volume buttons are covered by these, like, kind of um, contact buttons on top of it, and they have a cheap stickers for plus and minus, uh, which are already coming off in my review unit. Mm. Um, so the keyboard is excellent. The case part feels a little rushed, which is too bad uh, because the keyboard is really nice. But, and here's the other thing that I, that I also mentioned in the review, um, it depends on how you're going to use the iPad Pro. If you're going to use the device at a desk or in an office setup, if you're not going to be traveling a lot with the iPad Pro, if it's really a like a desktop computer for you and when you don't need the case you can just take the iPad you should consider the Logitech keyboard because if your primary usage is sitting down, typing on a keyboard connected to the iPad Pro it is a better physical keyboard for productivity it's got the shortcuts it's, it's got backlight uh, it's bigger so it really feels like a MacBook keyboard and the, there's more travel when pressing keys But if you're going to travel with the iPad, if you want to take the iPad with you, and you're looking for a solution that's both a cover and a keyboard, I really recommend the smart keyboard. Uh, But, again, if you don't like thin keyboards, and if you don't like the fact that there's little travel on the keys... Then I don't know. I would say my suggestion is go to an Apple store, try the keyboard, like a lot of people have done with the MacBook. Uh, see if it works for you. I bet there's gonna be demo units at an Apple store with the iPad Pro and the Smart Keyboard. So try that, see if it works for you, and then consider: Am I gonna travel with this iPad Pro a lot, or am I gonna sit down most of the time? So you know, the bulk of the logic that create is not a problem. That's a question you gotta ask yourself, and. I would say there's going to be many more um, smart connector-powered accessories coming out. Apple told me, uh, you know, it's totally up to third-party manufacturers to come up with ideas. They're not um, setting any, you know, street guidelines on the types of accessories that they can create. Uh, They can go crazy, you know, and I totally believe there's going to be all sorts of keyboards and cases and, you know, covers, whatever. Uh, So maybe wait a little, see what third-party companies do. That would be my advice.
0: That, that connector is magic.
1: Yes, it's really nice. It's not magnetic, the connector itself. So it's three pins that have to be uh, in contact with the connector on the iPad Pro. There's magnets around it. So like, like as usual, uh, the, the, the iPad since the iPad 2, there's magnets on the left side. Um, so Apple uses the magnets uh, to align the cover or, you know, the, the cover part of the smart keyboard... And because they're used to align you know magnets on one side and on the other side, they also align the connector, but the connector itself doesn't have magnets inside the connector or inside the pins. It's just a point of contact, so that's a you know a little detail worth mentioning
2: it's uh It's interesting to me too that the connector does offer that that flexibility so we've we've talked about keyboards, but do you do you know, uh, can that connector be used for other types of things? So the, what I thought of just kind of randomly was, you know, using an iPad and an audio setup. You know, could I sit this thing down on top of uh, a DJ station or some sort of uh, mixing interface and, and transfer data through that connector? Or is it just uh, just keyboards?
1: Yeah, I don't know yet. I also imagine the, the same kind of possibility, but uh, I don't know. I got no details from Apple on how much power can you transfer uh, with smart connector. I I don't have the technical details behind the requirements for the smart connector. I can also imagine that would make sense for audio accessories, for audio instruments that you kind of plug in in some way into the iPad, uh, but I don't know, just speculation. That's
2: fair. And do you think we're going to see this on, uh, or any of the accessories really, on other iPads in the future?
1: Uh, that's uh, that's the question that I was also thinking about. Um it would make sense, right, uh, to kind of make it a more universal kind of plug and plug and type or plug and play experience on any iPad. Uh but right now it's also one of the key differentiators on the iPad Pro, right? You got a you, you can plug in this keyboard or you can use other accessories because it's a more, you know, PC-like iPad. It's, it can be your computer, so it's more extensible. Right now, it's, you know, the kind of tentpole feature that's only on the on the iPad Pro, but maybe down the road, it'll become more universal across iOS. So, I don't know. For sure, I don't see it happening on the iPhone. Uh, I don't know. I just cannot picture an iPhone connected to a physical keyboard. Uh, but on okay. the iPad Air 2, I don't know.
0: Well, with a lot of the accessories, like And the ones that that you guys mentioned about, like an audio interface or something, I guess you just got to consider why would it make more sense than just plugging it into the Lightning port, right? I think because you could you could just plug an iPad into an audio thing using the Lightning port, right? So I guess it's about where's that. What is this connector supposed to be used for? What type of information can it provide? Because I bet it doesn't provide as much data or power as a Lightning port can.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the, the big difference there is if you use the smart connector with another accessory, you can also charge the iPad at the same time. So
0: there are, there are benefits, but it's like wondering what the two can do and how they can work in conjunction or yeah. against each other. Yeah. One last question on the accessories. Are Apple still making a standard smart cover?
1: Yes, okay. uh, but I, I didn't get one. I'm curious to see how it works because the smart keyboard, you cannot... So you get two positions, uh, type and watch. So type is you know the physical keyboard and watch is when you fold the keyboard into the back of the iPad so you can use it as a stand to watch movies or play games. But you cannot fold the smart keyboard in the, kind of, to kind of prop up the iPad to type on the software keyboard as you can do with the smart cover. Uh, it's the, basically the almost flat position, like a 20 degree angle that you can do on the smart cover. Uh, I believe yeah, the smart cover still has uh, the same two angles as usual, so type on the software keyboard and watch, uh, but I couldn't test one because it didn't give me one. So I'm, I'll go to the Apple Store uh, as soon as it's available and, and try to get one. So the big question,
0: are you going to be using this? Are you going to be buying one? Is this your iPad now?
1: Yes this is my iPad, I'm going to upgrade to an iPad Pro, I'm going to get the same model, 128, Wi-Fi and cellular, and I just, I I, I feel like everything I've done on iOS so far, uh, trying to get work done for the past three years on iOS, and trying to use the iPad as my only computer, really for the past year and a half, maybe two years, I feel like everything got me to this point, where I got to make a decision, am I going all in with the iPad or not? And it's only natural after I've seen how iOS 9 and multitasking works on the iPad Pro and the kind of performance gains that I get um, and the screen seeing more content and using two apps at the same time, picture in picture is amazing. The speakers are amazing. I feel like this is what I want. And not because there's an expectation from people or from Apple... you know on me to be liking this because i get a lot of people saying yeah of course federico is gonna like this but it really works in practice for me because at the end of the day what i need to do here is get work done and make money you know with my job um, yep. so yep. i have no particular interest in in appeasing other people you know uh, yeah yeah i like it so are you happy now i need to get work done on this thing and using it for a a week and I've, I have that crazy schedule, I've, I've been using the iPad Pro like 15 hours each day to get a good feel of it in a week and I feel like I've seen enough uh, of iOS and of using it in practice that I can comfortably say this is the iPad I want and this is what I want to buy, this is what I want to use so my conclusion after 8 days of iPad Pro is this is my new iPad and I'm gonna
0: buy one. What about the portability thing? Do you do you see yourself maybe at some point going the the route that I expect, which is that you will get a smaller no, iPad for the beach?
1: No, Mike. Let's wait until the not. summer.
0: This this isn't over until the summer.
1: Mike, I'm sorry, but it's just not happening. It's not over, man. Okay, it's not over
0: till the summer. I can't imagine. Well, I guess you could use the iPad like as one of those like tanning mirror things, right? <laughs> you sitting <laughs> <Wow>. there like <laughs> wow. on the beach, get yourself a nice <laughs> little tan. Uh-huh. It's going to look great, Federico. You're, You're going to be real brown this summer.
1: <laughs> real brown, okay. Uh-huh. Get the silver we'll one so you can just flip it over and give yourself
0: a nice little nice little brown.
1: Yeah, great. yeah, yeah. We'll see, we'll see, Mike. Uh, but I don't believe so. So
2: I think I think your conclusion makes a lot of sense. If anyone is is doing work on an iPad, I think the iPad Pro is just full of upsides. Um, but what about users who are maybe... More like me, where I get my job done on a Mac, but my iPad is sort of that secondary role of casual gaming, reading, browsing, social media, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about what about me? What should I do
1: so that, that's, uh, that's the key difference uh, if you're not using the iPad as your primary computer, the variables that you got to consider change, so you're no longer looking at power or efficiency, or iOS 9 multitasking. You're looking at size, and you're looking at price, and you're looking at comfort when using the iPad for those types of activities. So you have to consider the trade-offs, They their importance changes. So am I going to hand over the iPad to my kid who's probably going to have problems using the iPad Pro instead of an iPad Mini or an iPad Air? Am I okay with spending, you know, quite a bit of money to get an iPad Pro when the only thing I'm going to do is watch Netflix and play, you know, Alto's Adventure? Uh, I I feel like I I cannot make this, this decision for readers, you know, and I can only give you this advice. The iPad Pro, I believe, is called Pro because it's meant for work. That doesn't mean that it's not better for movies or for games or because it you know is, right? the speakers like, because it is better. Yeah. In my personal preference, it is much better to see you know a bigger movie or have richer, louder music.
0: Yeah, you go back to your bigger screen argument from earlier on. Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, but that's my personal preference, and it's kind of a, for me, it's kind of a co- nice consequence of the primary cause, which is this is better for work. And it's also better for entertainment. But if for you, work is out of the equation, I would say consider these other variables. Size, price, you know? Uh, do I really need all this power? Because otherwise, you'd just be fine with an hyper Air 2 if you don't really need all those other features of the Pro. Um, it depends on how much you want to spend... And how comfortable you are with a bigger device when it's not used for multitasking and work, basically. So,
0: Stephen, are you going to
2: get one? I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to give it a shot. So, I uh, I don't want to say that I'm going to do it and fall in love with that. I don't know. I really like uh, the Air too. Like almost everything about it. Um, the The idea of a bigger screen making the media stuff uh, better is really intriguing to me because i do watch you know i watch a lot of stuff on my ipad and you know you talked about we didn't talk about it here but in your review you talk about picture and picture being really good yeah and i do i do a lot of a lot of research and stuff on the ipad where i'm watching a keynote or watching it you know some sort of video and taking notes and that sort of work i think would really benefit from it um but on the flip side i i do use it a lot on the couch i use it a lot in bed reading at night and and you know maybe it's not as good of a fit there i just don't know but i'm willing to give it a shot so uh, i'll be uh, checking it out be ordering one uh, definitely going do the pencil i'm not sold on the keyboard i want to try it in person um i that's if i if i like the ipad pro i can always add the keyboard later i think the pencil is much more interesting from like a uh, reviewing perspective to experience that um, but as whether it sticks or not i'm, I'm not sure i guess we'll kind of see see where that goes As
0: I've said on the show many times recently, um, since iOS 9, I've been using my iPad more and more for work. And there are a couple of things that that I still feel like I need to be able to turn it into a device that I'm looking to use more seriously. And one of them is a keyboard. Um, I just like the ability of seeing the full screen in front of me and typing rather than typing on the actual screen itself, right? So I get more of the view. So obviously the smart keyboard provides that. And I really like the idea of it being portable and always there and part of the whole case, part of the package, right? So I'm not having to throw another thing in my bag. So I will try the keyboard. I'm definitely going to get the pencil because it's in my wheelhouse. Um, And I really do believe that this could be a better iPad for me and could really replace my... Uh, MacBook Pro in all instances other than when I'm traveling for l- long periods of time because I like to have something that I can edit audio on, right, just in case I need it because sometimes I do edit shows when I travel. But for work, like when I go to my co-working space or for whenever I'm just not at my Mac, when I'm not over in another country, I can see myself wanting to use the iPad Pro for that. And that makes a lot more sense for me. Like I'm trying to stay away from my iMac for the majority of time when I'm not recording. So I'm not sitting at this desk for 15 hours a day. Um, and I think that the iPad Pro could really help with that as the iPad Air is, is taking it a big step in the right direction for that. So mm. I'm I'm looking forward to trying this out and I will be getting one as soon as I can.
1: Nice. nice. You sold us very... on it,
0: Federico. You did the job. <laughs> you did it. Well,
1: I'm I'm glad that... Uh, I think I, I made, you know a good case for people who need it for work and maybe people who don't need it for work. And... I'm really curious to see what you guys do with, the, with your iPad Pro. And uh, if you stick to it, uh, you know, after you use it for a while, or if you go back to the iPad Air 2, um, I'm sure we'll, we'll have plenty of follow-up mm-hmm. <laughs> for the next few episodes. And uh, thankfully, we'll have Steven taking care of the follow-up for us. So we're, we're in a good position, guys. We're all going to use the iPad Pro. We're all going to be pros. It's going to be the ear of the pros. That's, that's what I'm saying right now.
0: I don't think we can go any further than that. If you would like to get in touch with us, you want to send in feedback, there's a few ways you can do that. You can find a link to send us an email and also find our show notes over at relay.fm slash connected slash 65. There'll be links to some Apple pages and also Federico's uh, reviews as well. You can find them there. Um, If you want to read Federico's work on his lovely website, you can go over to maxstories.net and you can also find Federico on Twitter. He is at vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Stephen writes over at 512pixels.net and I'm sure that he'll have some of his own thoughts about the iPad Pro once he gets one in his hands so firetopixels.net for that and Stephen is on Twitter too, he is at ISMH and I am on Twitter I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E I don't write any of my thoughts anywhere else but I do podcast them in many many places you can find those shows along with this show and all of the other great shows on Relay FM over at relay.fm thanks again to our sponsors this week Braintree, Casper and Igloo and we'll be back next time until then, say goodbye guys Arrivederci, adios